Hey guys, welcome to Cold Film Interview, the podcast where we discuss the films you love, but no one else gets it. We see if they still hold up. Tonight, the universe has got some holes in it, and we're jumping through time because we're talking about time bandits. So let's start the show. Your Hollywood system stole our sex and co-opted our violence, so there's nothing left for our kinds of movies. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> where in the hell are we? I'm so sure. Want a date? Listen, sister. If I want your opinion, I'll beat it out of you. This whole thing is turned into a theatrical mockery. You understand that, Mike? Stop eating my sesame cake. Just look like you like me, and let's stand on. All right? No. It snakes after this big. Wolfman's got Mars. What did I say? No jelly rolls. What are you going to do to me, Daddy? And you can't piss on hospitality. I won't allow it. Because, hey, motherfucker. Thank you for joining the cold tonight, wherever you are. We really appreciate it. I'm your host, Cody Everett. Uh, do us a favor. Head over to iTunes. Leave us a review. We'll give you a shout-out at the end of the show. Also, check out our YouTube page. Subscribe there. We just loaded 50 more episodes, a total of 100 episodes on the YouTube page now, so you can go check them out there. Also, September 21st at Phoenix Film Bar, we will be hosting a screening of The Burbs. Yes. So come out for that, Chris. They can get tickets where? thefilmbarphx.com. That is correct. They can get the tickets there. And then head over to our Redbubble page. Purchase yourself a shirt. We got Classic Logo. We got Meg Foster. We got a, we got a whole bunch of people on this there. This is like the only two you ever say. <laughs> I know. I know. Christina Ricci is there. Yeah, there you go. There's a new one. The Buffalo, the Buffalo, uh, these Buffalo 66. Oh, now you got it. It's fine. Yeah. We can move no, on. No, that's, that's just the same shirt he described twice. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we're talking about time bandits today but before we do as always i am joined by Kyle Smith. hey how's it going chris Wilmbrecht. hey what's up and michael Salusio. hi everybody like i said we're talking about time bandits it was directed by terry gillian is that how you say it yes hey there we go came out in 1981 had a budget of five million made 42 million in the box office was filmed in the uk has a rating of pg and currently sits at a 91 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. This is Cody's pick. Cody, why'd you pick this film? I'm glad you asked. No, uh, this is a movie that I have been waiting to get around to um, because uh, I've always wanted to see this movie. I own it on VHS and just never have gotten a chance to watch it and always wanted to watch it. I've heard about it since I was in high school uh, from my high school drama teacher. And uh, I know that there are a lot of fans of this film, so I figured... I'll I'd bring it to the show. Nice. So that's why I picked it. Had anyone seen this before? Yes, Mike has I've seen, seen it a few times. I I used to love this film as a kid. As yeah, I didn't. I'm kind of bummed that I didn't get to see it as a child. Yeah, solid so, film. So Chris, you hadn't seen this before? Or is uh, it? No, I hadn't. I remember the I remember the uh, box on the shelf at the video store, and it never appealed to me. I did not like the artwork on this film, which is probably what made me never want to pick it up. I on the other hand, no, I I never seen it either. But I I always remember the box art and being like, "Wow, I really want to see a movie." I don't know why it just looks so interesting. And then later on, I found out that like George Harrison was involved with it, and I was like, "I should probably see this movie." And but I just never did until now. So happy you picked it so I could finally watch it. Yeah, I know. I felt that way too. I was like, "This is this is cool." So, uh, in t- in talking about the, the director a little bit here, uh, if you guys don't know, he's famous from uh, Mighty Python. Some of you may know that in the room. I don't know if our I, audience I, does. I didn't know that. You didn't? No, actually, I didn't. I didn't know. I don't know how a lot. I didn't know what this guy had directed before I looked, started researching I, him. Like, I, I just didn't. He wasn't a name that immediately triggered this, 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 and this. Yeah, he's done movies you've seen, but you don't realize it's him. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. almost all of his movies I've seen, but I didn't realize it was him. I'll but, agree with that, yeah. You he, know? he did all of, I, I just remember Terry Gillum. For doing, he did all of like the animated cutscenes in the Monty Python movies. Yes, like that's that's where he where that's I, really where he probably kind of started, right? Right. That's where yeah. I believe he. I mean, what are some of his other movies? Let's just rattle off a couple of those. Yeah, we got uh, Meaning. Well, he had a lot to do with Meaning of Life, Brazil, uh, Adventures of Baron Munchausen, The Fisher King, Twelve Monkeys, mm-hmm. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, and then The Brothers Grimm happened. I and know. he's been trying to make a Don Quixote film for like. That's that's been going on for years. He, I think he finally released. no. I think he finally gave up on it because it was like a like a hurricane. There's a whole documentary about it. Like really? a whole like a hurricane hit it and then destroyed the fucking movie. Whoa. And then he had to start over again. And then like people kept dropping in and out of it. And 
it was just like this like ten wow. year thing that he kept trying to do. Like there needs to be a documentary about that. Yeah, I think they, <laughs> there is a documentary called like I think it's called something of Don Quixote. Where it, oh, okay. It's about him trying to get the film made, mm. and then like I think like a tornado hits him or a lightning. Jesus, bolt. I don't know what happens. <laughs> <laughs> something happens. I don't know much about <laughs> it. Some atmospheric event. I actually heard it was a zombie attack. Yeah, <laughs> it was a zombie attack. Apparently, it was a nuclear weapon. What do you say we get to? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, what do you say we get to Palace with Mike? Are we voting? Yeah, let's vote on it. Uh, I vote yay. Nay. Nay. Oh, man, that's ridiculous. <laughs> All right. So when we come back, we'll talk about... <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. Go ahead, Mike. Um, yeah, let's talk about Time Bandits. Uh, it's about this young little kid named Kevin. Uh, he's super into history. Parents, not quite so. Uh, they don't like him studying, which is kind of weird for mm. parents to do. Uh, I sent him up to his room one night, and he starts having these visions of, like, knights flying through his room and all this other stuff. Uh, finally, these six uh, uh, people come out of his dresser, I guess we call it. Yeah, yeah it's dresser? like a wardrobe. Like an arm wardrobe. wardrobe. It's like a wardrobe. It's a wardrobe. Yeah, pops out of that sucker, and they're just like, where's the map? And he's like, what the heck are you talking about? And then finally you find out that, like, his room starts warping around, and then, like, this creature this giant head known as the supreme being shows up he's pissed off because these six these six guys have like friggin i guess stolen the map yeah mm-hmm. and uh they escape him and then they start bouncing in and through time like kevin follows these guys through uh you know napoleon times and gr- old greek times and uh i guess the whole thing is to escape this just well, what is known as the evil, right? Or just evil? No, this no the whole thing was just to, to to make money. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> right. They wanted they wanted to rob. They're, they're like, international to make thieves. Money. But then also, evil gets involved. Yes, evil does yeah. get involved. Evil's, evil wants evil the map up. for his own evil for his deeds. Evilness. He's yeah. more evil than the bandits. Yeah. So, uh, and uh, we'll. I guess we'll get more into that. Yeah. So we start talking. About a, it. Cool. Cool. You can start talking now. Uh, yeah. No, yeah, that's pretty much it. So when we come back, we'll talk more about Time Bandits. All right, guys, thanks for uh, coming back to the show. You sang <laughs> it in there. Get it together. That. Get Woo! it together. Thank you, guys. Appreciate that. So we're talking about Time Bandits. Came out in 1981. $5 million budget. That's pretty goddamn impressive. Cody's pick. I agree with that. I was I, When you read that off, I didn't know that. And I was like, $5 million, that's it? That's what I thought, too, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't know if we get into it now or later. I'm going to get into it now. This film does not feel like, look like a film that should show up in 1981. And I told Kyle before, I was like, is it because you got me like a Criterion cut of it and it's yeah. high def or it was remastered or something? Yes. That film looks goddamn beautiful, more so than I remember as a kid. It does because, I mean, even I, I even the trailer I watched is like blurry and fuzzy and uh-huh. washed out and weird. And I was like, oh, man. Yeah, that's but a, then this, this cut is just fucking sharp, yeah, it balanced, like, looks great. It I watched it good. as the blurry... Terrible mess. I watched it on a Treasure Video VHS, which they nice. yeah they put out good copies. Worst of the yeah week. they put out the copy that's like they borrowed it from a friend and then they put had two VCRs and they just copied it to they another slapped, tape. They slapped some tape over the tab hole so they could record over yeah. a different movie. Exactly. See them talking about it. we use the best cameras to record into movie so you, theaters. <laughs> so you sh- you saw it how it should be seen. Is they, what <laughs> no, I barely saw it because I was like, what the <laughs> hell? And when I got here, I got here before everybody else. So I'm I'm sitting in my car watching it on the pl- on the Plex, and I'm like, God damn it, this looks amazing. Because, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I watched it in the worst condition you could see it and in the best. So mm-hmm. you should have heard the sound I had, man. It was awful. I'm sure oh, it was. Man, it was echoey. and oh. <laughs> Just going back to the budget, you know, set design alone makes that look impressive. I like, mean, yeah, it really is. And, like, the actors that they had, they couldn't – those guys were not asking for, like, small pennies. 
Sean Connery was big enough to be like, for sure. Yeah. I wondered. I wondered some of it though. Uh, I wondered if some of them were in it and maybe took a lower cut, but they did it because George Harrison was involved. I don't know how many of them were friends. But I, I mean, but even part of me at feels this like point, a little. I feel like, like Terry uh, Gillum is also yeah. a superstar to certain people because well, he's with Monty Python, mm-hmm. and he's a yeah. But this is only man. his second film. Yeah, but I, I guess what I'm, I'm trying to say is, you come back, you, you're from a legendary troupe, and you know Sean Connery's like, I love Monty Python. Let's just say that I don't know if he has a sense of humor. I don't know old Sean, <laughs> but old I'm Sean. assuming that uh, you know maybe he meets him. He's like Terry Gillum's doing another film, and he goes, you know what? Yeah, I'll join it. Like Terry Gillum turns into a totally different director from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Think so? I mean, he, yeah, he definitely gets more cr- creative freedom. Well, yeah, but he also becomes more of a serious director. Like that's the one thing about this film where I was like, okay, Brazil comes after this. Mm-hmm. And this is part of this trilogy, but I feel like Brazil is like really grappling with like politics. Like, he's making a lot of, like, political points. This film, I feel like, doesn't really, like, I, the whole time I was, like, looking for the artistic message in it. In this film? Yeah, and I was like, it, like was the kid abused? Like, what's, what's this story really about? And then I was like, maybe it isn't. Maybe it's just a kid's film. I think it's just about the kid's imagination. No, I mean, part of, me feels, part of me feels like maybe the kid, sorry. I was, part of me feels like the, the kid is doing a little bit of escape from reality type of thing because. Oh, sure. His parents suck. Yeah, and his, it, his home life sucks. And yeah, I mean, it definitely he's, sucks. He's into he, he he's definitely into history and being somewhere else any yeah. chance he can get. And I think maybe that's part of the message of the film, which is like you know this kid kind of and and again this series of films is about people escaping their reality. So it's it's it might be something like that. I the the thing with the, what I picked up with on. Was some messages at least from the parents mm-hmm. and from the evil that was basically um, technology, right? Like evil wanted to recreate the they, world with technology, they, and the parents were obsessed with new gadgets. That is true. Yeah, maybe so. We'll I, was, there. I was I was always getting more picking, of a consumerism vibe off of the parents. I don't, I don't know. I get that too, but it was always about a new technological gadget. Yeah, and what was and like kids more back convenient. in the past. And the kid is—it's a very Matilda vibe yeah. in the in the beginning of this film. I'm it like, it, I'm like, this is oh, reminds me so much. Of, I was waiting for him to fucking lift something with his mind. Uh, <laughs> I thought of Never Ending Story. Uh, for well, that's another. Reason. That's another good like, comparison. Yeah, yeah, definitely different. You know, different movies, of course, but but I got that that same kind of fantasy vibe from this. I, I guess the weird thing is I I haven't seen this movie like like I feel like since I was a kid almost. Mm-hmm. I've seen it a few times. Maybe a teenager. I didn't right? even realize this was a fantasy movie until like because I didn't really do any research on this. Time Bandits does not sound like a like a sci-fi like <laughs> yeah, a Man- really bad B movie sci-fi starring I like I was Dolph Lundgren or something. I thought I was getting that too. Yeah, but no, no, it's yeah. It, but so when I got into this film, I remember thinking like, okay, so the Terry Gillum films I'm I'm used to watching yeah. now, like Brazil and stuff like that, and then I'm thinking like, oh, now that I am adult. I can't wait to watch Time Bandits to see all the things that I didn't catch when I was too young to understand it. And then I'm watching it and I'm like, I don't think there are any. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think it's a pretty, like, it feels like a really innocent film. And till the end. I was like, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. But I, you don't think, you, you don't think that as a, you, you think as a kid you picked up on the kind of nuances of the kid and it's like, Maybe the the obsession with technology, or maybe well, a consumerism vibe, or his wanting to escape his reality, or his bedroom being pulled into the worlds that he's in and stuff. Like you didn't, you p- picked up on all that. Like yeah, as a kid, it's 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 a pretty common. I mean, that's the same story as almost every kid's movie from the eighties. It's some kid. He's like in the back of the class, and he always escapes into his memories and. Yeah. He finds that sidekick. he's in. Yeah, like I feel like that's sidekick. a very he's common talking about theme. <laughs> talking about sidekicks. <laughs> the movie I just sidekick. wanted to make a that I am talking about that film. No. Um, I just feel like that, yeah, as a kid, I would have understood that part of the film. I was waiting for like the socioeconomic, like political messages, yeah, like no, all these other I weird things mo- that I, I feel. I <laughs> somewhat about technology and, and oddly enough, God and, and evil and its representation in the world. Yeah. 
Yeah, All I picked right. up on a lot of that at least. <laughs> for me, those it themes is. for sure. I think I, I think it is more about the escape well, from from his like parents who don't seem to really pay very yeah. much attention to him or treat him very nicely. So he's just like you can tell whenever he's outside the room, the TV's blaring, it's loud, it's insane. They're always telling him to be quiet all the time, and then as soon as he shuts the door, there's no sound. It's like his safe place, yeah. you know. So yeah, I picked that up that exact thing as well. I but I mean the uh, the supreme being speech at the end basically about like when they're asking him like why he created evil and like all this other stuff and it just makes it all seem like I don't know to me it, it does play up on that religious aspect of like this is all just a joke anyways yeah but like you know in I mean? a dogma like like how Kevin Smith's dogma is yeah like I feel like movies like um like Twelve Monkeys is like super about like the future and like where we're all headed. And about like oppressive governments, like, and this one it just kind of feels like it was kind of like this innocent romp through time, but I just yeah, feel like there has felt to, very either he didn't, heads, it, but like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like there was a part of me I was like, this is a pretty innocent movie for what I'm I don't expecting know, but, to be. Yeah, but there's like there's still stuff woven in, like lessons to be learned woven in in, in it though, you know, yeah, like but would you say like anything the, the, really like adult? I mean, not what you're looking for. You're looking for like some socio fucking political. Yeah, but that, that's why I was thing, saying when I but, went back to this film, going but, back to it, it's like. But huh, it, that the film's like the film's kind of about. It think, it's a little bit about like the like I feel like the dwarves kind of learning, like kind of the world around them as they go as well because like the whole, the whole Robin Hood thing is is I think it's kind of hilarious because they like yeah. they fucking their whole plan is to jump through time and steal. And rip off all these people, and they they make out like bandits um, from time. From time, <laughs> make out like bandits from Napoleon. <laughs> okay, <laughs> there's no better other yeah. word to use, Cody. I'm sorry. Um, and it, basically, all their shit gets taken from them. Yeah, they're horrible because bandits. they because they know they know absolutely nothing about like history and these historical people. So they're like kind of learning on the way, and like yeah, I guess that's you true. know what I mean. But like, like I, I'm understood that that they're. But I think that's fine for they're the celestial film. creatures. Yeah, though, they're right? like they're of they're a not higher from Earth, right? No. They're obviously like working directly with. Uh, yeah, they even say it. They even say it, and that's yeah. when yeah. He, when he says that's like one of my favorite lines too. And he's like, he's like, you mean he's like supreme being? You mean God? And he's like, well, we we don't know him that well. We just work for him. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm like that's that was an awesome line. Like, it's a pretty the, funny line. Yeah. yeah, I agree. But. It, <laughs> It's it's uh, you know I I don't know there I think there is a lot of themes in this movie, but I also think to the points that you're making about like what you were looking for is also if this was and we don't know if it was a planned somewhat trilogy, but it would be less of what you wanted because it's through the imagination of a child. Yeah, so it is coming film, from the child point of film, view. Film would naturally have it would naturally carry more innocence, more innocence yeah. in it. I I want to make sure I'm not saying I was like. No, you hated it. No, yeah, you right. said you said you you fucking thought yeah. this was a waste of your time. Yeah, that's yeah. what you said. I, I guess I did say that. Yeah. <laughs> you're right, you're right, guys. I, I mean, guess I did say that. You said it in no uncertain terms. I do want to talk about the dwarves too because we got six of them. Uh, I feel like we're gonna leave on that note about Mike hating. Yeah, like, I was, no, gonna, I was it's so a funny. Point. No, it's a good, it's a good place to end. <laughs> no, I was making it's a, a good, point. It's a good place to end. Knows how you feel? Yeah, they know how yeah, you feel. Now it's time to move on. Just gonna mute Mike the rest of the episode. So the dwarves. Anyways, okay, let's talk about We got them. six of them. Yep. There's, I love them. They're hilarious. Dude, are they not great? I thought they were all great actors, man. Yeah, they were they were. they were fantastic. And they got, I think, is it just me? They got better as the film went on. Yeah. Like, oh, as yeah. their characters actually kind of dude. developed more. Like, at first, it was really, it was like the lead dude who had the map and then Randall. five others yeah. behind yeah. him. And then as the film went on, their personalities got to really shine. They all had... Small moments, but there were enough moments for you to like actually latch on to each one of these characters and like. Yeah, Randall was, it. was Randall was the leader. Randall's mm-hmm. great. I the dude, he's one of my favorite in the movie. The care the, the the changes that he goes through in this movie are fantastic. He's really good, and uh, I forgot Wally. Wally's the one whose uh, brother gets killed. Yeah, yeah. Wally was my yeah, favorite. Wally was great. Well, especially at the end. Oh my god! I was like, it was like this guy's gonna fucking murder someone. That was a good Germanic performance. So good! It was, so, performance. Good. It was yeah. so good. It was really good, dude. I'll tell you what. The when they they're swinging from cage. I know we're jumping a little bit oh, here. Oh man! But when they're swinging from cage to cage, that that whole way that was shot was brilliant because it freaked me out. Oh, <laughs> well, 
there's a lot of a lot of moments that I had in this movie going through where I was like, "Wow, that looks really fucking impressive." Yeah, yeah that's like, what I'm saying. Like, I can't, I couldn't believe this was a 1981 film. Yeah, I like too that they just stumble in this kid's room and then he shines a flashlight on him and they think that he is the supreme being. And then they just proceed to realize it's not and then beat the shit yeah, out of this kid. Why is in bed? They thought the... he had the map, though, right? Yeah, they... No, they had no, the map. No, they thought oh. he was a supreme being. Yeah, oh, they, they were thought... just pissed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that they he screwed up. Did yes. they want something from him? No, they... No. Oh, they wanted to know the, the way out. The, the way out. Yes. Oh, okay. Which turns out to be that wall that yeah, wall oh, trick, so which is cool. so cool. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty cool trick. And uh, dude, great! Another great line is like, "We're gonna push on three, one," and everybody pushes. Like, who pushes on one? Yeah. Who's ever pushed on? <laughs> one? Nobody's ever gone on one. <laughs> so the good. comedy is done really well in these scenarios between all these characters because I feel like it's really hard to write. You know, comedy for every like every character to have a moment. You know, yeah. in the, in that scenario, but like right away, you can tell like the chemistry between. I like all how, of them. how quick it is into this movie too, because I know we talked a lot about the little bit about the beginning, but I think that the, we just talked longer about the beginning than the beginning is because these guys are in the room within the first ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, and you're on that adventure in twelve minutes. Yeah, and that's. That's I awesome. I love I love that I really appreciate that I was like okay cool we're fucking in it already right, yes. I I did too. I was like, hell yeah! Then we got into the, like Napoleon, and that was the first t- time in this film that I realized, like, wow, this is like, because I was watching it. I was watching it as, oh, this is like, this is a kids' movie, you know. And that was that first when we get to Napoleon. It was the first time I was like, this is a little darker. I mean, they're 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 like cutting through all these scenes of Napoleon, um, you know, taking over. This fortress. What was yeah. which war, war was that? Uh, Constantinople. The War of Seventeen something. Or yeah, blah, blah, blah. he's in Italy. Let's just yeah. Okay. He's yeah. In Italy. <laughs> we don't know history. But, but they're like we but, don't even know films. Yeah, we don't know films and <laughs> all history. But like, yeah, they like cuts the scenes of people getting lined up and shot in a firing squad, and it's all in one take. Yeah. It's not like it's not like a gun going off and then a cut to a body falling. It's like shot. I'm just like I'm like watching this. I'm like. Wow, they really showed people getting shot in, yeah. in they, <laughs> for kids' movies, or when they're in the river and everyone's just like burning and falling yeah. into the river. Yeah, and are, yeah. I was like, okay, this is like how I like it. Did that look though? It like, looked great. I don't know how they built these sets, or if it was trick photography, like the angles they were using, or what. But it looked like a massive castle was on fire. Yeah, it looks fantastic. It's, it's yeah. I that I just. Yeah, all the shit he gets away with in this. I'm like, how the fuck did they get that? Done? Like, I don't understand. The I, whole time, I was like that. Yeah, I, right. Exactly. I was like, dude, that must have cost so much money to do that in that location. You know, wherever that is. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I agree with you. But then we get to the whole meeting Napoleon and that stuff. And to me, to be honest, this is my least favorite part of the film was the Napoleon, like the Napoleon time era. Okay, uh, like. I just I liked aspects of it. I liked aspects of it too, but it didn't it wasn't punchy like the other the other ones are are punchy and quick. And this one just seemed to drag I'll and tell wasn't you, as funny. My biggest gripe and why I feel like I agree with that is this the being short joke got old real fucking fast. There was all new ways that they were showing that. I was just about to say the same thing. Everything yeah. he did had to do with his short man complex. And yeah. I was like, I get it, but it was beat so hard like that I just was it, I was like, okay, on to the next thing. I'm done with this character. Yeah. But this scene also though gives us our first like, you know. I, I think our first bit of you know personality of one of the other dwarves, which was the one with the glasses, when he first like walks out to look for the time portal, it's so fucking funny because he just like walks out and he just calls a command and they all line up and he just like wanders through <laughs> like, and then when he comes out again, he tells them to all turn around and shit. It was just really fucking funny. Yeah. I thought it's either stutter or OG. I can't remember which one. I think that it's is. stutter. Yeah. And uh, I don't think they call him OG. It's just how they spell it. <laughs> OG. I was like, who was that? Uh, who, yeah, which one was the OG? Which one was the OG? Was it Og? Yeah, I thought it was just Og, yeah. 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 Uh, Vern, Vern, he's the one who eats everything, which yeah. is, gets funnier as that goes on. Oh, the cage with the rat, that was funny. Dude, that was funny. Uh, but, but yeah, no, the Napoleon scene is the most draggy and the most boring. Then we get into Robin Hood. Oh, which made me laugh so goddamn hard! Like I loved, I actually really loved this. Like the whole setup of of the bandits capturing, like the Merry Men basically capturing them before you know it's the Merry Men of Robin Hood's Merry Men who aren't so merry and they're in a gang. 
and they're just like talking about scarred up. Yeah, and just like growling at him and Randall growling at each other was like just fantastic. Oh, I love that back yeah. and forth. Steal from a child every chance I get. Yeah. <laughs> just like one upping each other on how badass they are. It was fantastic. Yeah, yeah no. but John Cleese coming out as Robin Hood in that fucking costume. In that yeah. costume. It's it's really funny. And the interaction. Okay, so I don't know. There's a there's a moment in this scene where he goes. Oh, how long? Or he says, asks him something about time, and he goes, "Oh, five one." No, how long you've been a bandit? Yeah. Five foot one. Five foot one. <laughs> oh, that's a long time. Like I feel like that was improvised. I feel like that was not written. Like he just like fucking threw that out there to try to throw off John Cleese, and it like didn't work. <laughs> I believe. I, no, I I I, could, I believe that happening. I love, <laughs> it, yeah, and that whole scene here, where as as he's giving the the poor the all the stuff they stole, like the one dude just keeps <laughs> punching them. Is like. <laughs> Do we have to punch him? Oh, uh, yeah, so they have to punch him. Did those okay. not look like intense punches, too? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know what they did to cut it, like, but it was like hauling off on people. Yeah, that's that, the Robin Hood's really. <laughs> Plus, his last line to them <laughs> after they leave is <laughs> dreadful. <laughs> Just dreadful people. Just dreadful. <laughs> <laughs> So fucking funny. Oh, I love because it it's like Robin Hood is like an asshole and kind of an idiot. It's <laughs> so funny. I like the contrast yeah. though when he when how they introduce him because you just see all these like gnarly ass thugs and then this pristine like <laughs> yes. like like Peter Pan looking man comes like through like a gang of like hardened I mean, criminals. Even the way they present it is fucking hysterical because they're hardened criminals, right? And then I think they ask like, "Take me to your leader." Like, are you sure you want to yeah. see him? And you're expecting him yeah. to be an would, yeah. absolute monster. Monster. And that's the other thing too, as I thought that that was where the joke was gonna go. Yeah, was like he comes out and then he's an absolute like. It turns out that Robin Hood is an absolute fucking murdering monster. Yeah, but the fact that he just played Robin Hood, but yeah. just like slightly weirdly rude. Yeah, like <laughs> it became such a funny thing to me as it kept going. And he kept saying, "What was he saying?" He's like, "Oh, how long have you been a bandit?" Oh, that's great. I just yeah. love that he asked every single person <laughs> that question. It was amazing. How long have you been a robber? I think. How long have you been a robber? How long have you been a robber? What is up? Like to be obsessed with robbing is just hilarious to me. I don't. Know, it, that's a really good one. And then. Uh, Kevin gets separated. Yes, at this point, and he goes through a hole, and he is in lands in in somewhere in Greece. Yeah, and yeah. it's this huge battle between uh, uh what looks to be a to me like a like a, a it's a Spartan, but it's not. Is it? It's not. He's not a Spartan. I, I mean, I thought it was the Minotaur. It's the Minotaur against yeah. um Agamemnon. Yeah, yeah, and it's this that that fucking Minotaur. Number one, can we talk that about that? Bad ass. That looked badass. Badass yeah. as fucking hell. Yeah, it did. yeah. yeah. The fucking cow, the cow's head on it, it still had like flesh on it and shit. Yeah. Massive ass cow's head too. Yeah. It was like I was like, that is not practical at all for fighting, but it looks no, scary I love as that hell. It, I love that it like had like these like gnarly fucking sounds, like growls and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's this badass sword fight, and the kid falls, and then Agamemnon gets to throw a, like a spear through fucking uh, uh, the the Minotaur. And wins, and then takes off his helmet and has the most beautiful Scottish accent. <laughs> yeah. for, for Greece, for Greece, yeah. suddenly a man you've seen before <laughs> appears, and it's Sean Connery. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't help but f- like think about how parallel Sean Connery and like Kevin Costner's career is, <laughs> as far as like, as far as they'll go to act. Like, can you like do an accent? No. <laughs> no, I think no. I'm good. I don't really need to though. I need to sound like Kevin Costner. Yeah. No, I need to sound like Sean Connery. Like they yeah. just they refuse to even try. Yeah. Like they're just too fucking cool for it. Sure. It's like you know what I mean? Like I don't know. I don't understand. Like, I'm like you couldn't do this. It's a fucking trademark, man. It is. I, is I guess that's what it is, man. I would yeah. I would feel so weird if Sean Connery was pulling an accent. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I don't hate him in this in this movie. <laughs> like yeah. I actually really like him in this in this part cuz this is where uh, Kevin, you you uh, you start to feel finally good for Kevin a little bit because yeah, he's, he's been like he's well, with the gang, but he's kind of an outsider and well, pushed the thing around. That I a thought, yeah, also the thing that when we didn't touch on this, um, this is going back to uh, the Robin Hood times, um, or even back further. But like the thing that I, that I thought was strange was like how much Kevin was just like. Oh, you guys just steal from people in the past? Like, yeah, I'll go along with this. It's cool. He had like nothing to say about that at all. Yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, you just you just rob people. Okay, 
cool, let's do that thing. But you guys seem like nice guys, so. Yeah, like, I don't know. Did anybody else think that was, like, a little strange uh, for the character, or? I think he knows, like, in if it's his imagination, if we're saying this is his imagination, then I think he would know that they are some type of fantasy creatures that he's going to go on an adventure with. I, deep down in his soul, because he's imagining I mean, it. I, th- mm-hmm. I, I think that when we get to this part where he's meeting Agamemnon, and he's being taken in as his family, Man, and he's yeah, he super into it. he fucking stay. I think we get a, at least one character trait that you see throughout is that this kid is desperately trying to escape home. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, like, he doesn't want to go back to his fucking ho-ho-ho-drum family or whatever the heck you would call yeah. them. Like, they're just sitting around. On plastic. Yeah. Like, very, they just, very you know, and he he is obsessed with history, and he wants to be a part of it. Like, at first you see it with Robin, and he kind of wants to stay, right? Like I don't think he's he... warming up to the idea. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, yeah. oh, this is really cool. And then he yeah. meets Agamemnon, who's just like, I Father. want you to be my dad, my son, which I thought was a really funny scene. How I don't know why that happened yeah. for him. We'll find out. We'll find out just taking that this is my kid, and he's getting because he fell from <laughs> number one because the kid fell from the sky and saved him. It's true. Well, I understand it's that like the kid was sent to him from the gods at that time. So that's why he's like, yeah, it's my son now. That's why bro. He said, he's like, my yeah. son, my son sent me finders uh, keepers, losers yeah. weepers. That's all I gotta say. Yeah. He's got a magical picture machine. Yeah, like. that's true. But like. You do start seeing Kevin as being this kid where, like, man, there's got to be something going on in the house, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, this has to be something yeah, darker, right? Like, yeah, I think it's just, like, his parents' total lack of interest in his life. He's got Matilda I mean? parents. He's got Matilda parents. Yeah. They're like robots, know. man. They just do the same thing all the time. So, yeah, anyways, yeah, I mean... Yeah, and I, I liked that aspect. And it, 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 it yeah, especially when, when Agamemnon's talking to him. He's like, don't you want to go back to your home? No. Don't you want to go back to your father? No. Yeah. <laughs> All right. He doesn't even bat an eye. No, nah, it's just, just nope. it. Nope. 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 <laughs> Staying nope. here. I want to stay here and be a king's son. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's not, there's worse ways to go. <laughs> <laughs> Which does happen because then he's kidnapped by the dwarves and then we're taken to our next destination in time. Which is another not a good place to go. No, no. They landed smack dab on the uh, Titanic. Also, we haven't touched on this yet, but that fucking couple throughout time. That couple through time yeah. is so fucking funny. They they had me fucking dying. Are they supposed to be representative of his parents in some way? Did you? Is that what you got? I didn't get. I that. don't know. I was. I th- kind of. My mind did go there at one point. It's so funny because they were like the. He, they were like the couple in the in Robin Hood times. They get kidnapped right. and they're the couple on the boat. Mm-hmm. It was just really fucking funny, I yeah. thought. I think it's funny, too, that they end up on the Titanic. That, to me, was hilarious, and all I could think and they're is... Like li- like, oh, they're, Jack. like, living it up. Like, this is great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, just, I, lo- I love no the history. one-liners where it's just, like, an extra ice. Why do you think he picked the Titanic? Why do you think that belongs... Because they, they don't know history. They don't know anything. Kevin does. They have no idea what's they, going on. Yeah, yeah. they, don't, they gotcha. don't know shit. And I but, think, if I'm not mistaken, Kevin doesn't see... He just doesn't see the sign that says yeah. Titanic. Yeah, he right? never he never notices. He doesn't even notice that he's on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. but no, it's when they're on the Titanic is when the I think the plan is hatched to go after the most precious object in, which the, is, in the universe. Yeah, which is evil has uh, we forgot to talk about evil here. Evil's intertwined in all these in these stories. Yeah, evil wants the map. He wants the map, and let me tell you, that motherfucker is hilarious. <laughs> he is great. Really he funny. is fantastic, dude. That helmet he's wearing sick. too yeah, is yeah. sick. His whole look, dude, I just is love really when he's cool. like killing off his fucking henchmen. Well, if you're if you're all power, why are you still down here? <laughs> Kills him. It's yeah. a great question, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he was good. He played it so well, like getting that comedy in, but still being sinister. Yes, I thought, I thought he. I don't know who that actor is, or if he works with Terry Gilliam a lot or anything, but he was fantastically cast. But I loved, like, in the Titanic scene, like, obviously it's going down, but, like, where they're all sliding on the chairs, like, down the deck. I don't know. I just thought that was hilarious because they just all seem like nothing's happening and they're just, I don't know. The comedy in this really landed for me, like, throughout. Oh, I agree. I agree with that 100%. And I think it's because you had good actors. Mm -hmm. Good actors, well, good script, too, with, with that. Like, the good timing of jokes. And they're never... They're punchy, but they're they're so they're so undercut. You they're, know what I mean. And there's kind of intricate, underdelivered. There's it's intricate nice. setups sometimes. Like, yeah. what's the one where the guy puts the noose around his neck, and he's like about ready to kill himself, yeah. and then it like Napole- lifts, it lifts up the like the curtain, the curtain yeah. and there's two people behind there and it exposes Napoleon. that. Yeah, and like I don't know, I just love how they like 
they 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 tell the joke like more intricately than just you know slapstick. Yeah, yeah. And the Supreme being finally because they they get trapped, obviously you know by evil, and he he, he gets his hands on the map, and you think everything's over because they bring in all these troops from all over time and. Which I thought was badass. So yeah. just like everybody just picked a different hole and jumped in it and came back with the best warriors they could find. Yeah, it uh, was pretty. It was pretty cool. But everybody loses. Yeah, yeah. Not, not good enough. Yeah, and and then <laughs> they even lose because one of them gets killed. I think Fidget gets killed. If Fidget I'm not mistaken, gets killed. Yeah, yeah. Crushed. Yeah, he gets crushed, and then finally just the supreme being comes down and just fucking zaps evil and like tells them to start fucking cleaning. <laughs> <laughs> well, you learned that it was all a plot, you know, yes. or it was all a plot by the Supreme being to, to test his, uh, the people that worked for him, I guess. Well, his know? creation. Yeah. Well, it was, wasn't it to test out evil? That, yeah, I think that yes. too. He yeah. wanted to kind of test out and see how, what it would do. So like, it, do you think, it, you know the part where his head opens up? Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's like a th- weird thing and it does, the, yeah. do you think it was like really like a, a robot? No, it's like the thought, evil was a robot no, thing. No, I just took it as he was evil. He can he just could, transform into he things. He can concoct whatever he needs. Because, okay. yeah. like, right after very that, beautiful. he blows himself up. You know, makes himself yeah. a giant like balloon ball. Dude, after thing. I watched that, dude, I was like, oh, so this is where Beetlejuice got it. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, that's yeah. that's exactly what I thought. Yeah, I, I was see like, some inspiration. There. I think he's at. at yeah, let's talk about the dark world. I did like that was a cool entrance to it. I thought where he threw the skull and it busted the glass because yeah. I was like I didn't know where that was gonna go. Oh, like, that whole fight scene was was well the whole them the whole giant coming out of the ocean. How yeah. they initially yeah. get there is like but that was fucking shot so good. The ogre was. and his wife was hilarious. Oh yeah, we missed them. Yeah, the oh, ogre yeah. and his wife were great. What a boat. Fun, yes, boat, ogre yeah. with a bad back. What a f- yeah. yes, dude. What a funny story. And like he's no, he's got bad bat, bad feet. Like he's got bad everything. And the wife yeah. just can't wait to kill. It seems yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like she's just so anxious to cook up some human beings. Which is like played by Mona, who was in, uh, who's the boss? Is that what? Oh, yes. Yeah. As soon as she I saw her, I was like, as, as I was like, I saw her, I was like, yeah, I know yeah. her from something. I can't remember what it was. Now you, you right. know. And I was like, why is that the fa- a face that? Like, like, was with me with childhood. Like, yeah. Is it? Why is that so familiar to me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Back to the Future. There she is. Just joking, dude. And how they, how <laughs> they, how Kevin Who's tricks boss? the ogre with stretching is fantastic. Yeah. And I, if they fix his back though, he's a good swimmer. Yeah. Yeah. And then he yells the ship away. And he does yell the ship away. So that but that doesn't even matter really when you think about it, because how could he yell the ship away when it's attached? When it's attached to a giant's head, which well, that, it wasn't attached to a giant's head. The giant just happened to come up. Under it, it fit him perfect like a hat. Color. Yeah, I thought it was yeah, like strapped it on. For no, a it was strapped. They were they no, were go- they were going they were going and then all of a sudden like it started rocking back and forth. Like what the hell, guys? And I want to say something. I'm glad that you guys are both at odds on this because I've always wondered this. No, dude, was it always a hat? That's why or the did that's, he just come up on it. That's why the whole boat all of a sudden just like <laughs> like shook and there's crunching wood sounds and I, then all of a sudden like they were like moving in and I odd took angle. it. I took it as. Uh, he was just getting in shallower water, <laughs> and that's why. It was so, what he was swimming at that point? It was just pressing against his head, maybe a little more. No, come on. No, like he's. he's I, swimming. It felt like a hat to me. I'm. I mean, that's it felt the, like a hat to me yeah. too. Is what I'm saying. But the boat was stationary until so the glad. ogre fucking like screamed an and blew the wind. So what was he doing? He was just sitting there in the water, like. The ogre thought he was in not control. doing anything. No, he's there. They this the ship got going. They were going for a good while, and they happened to come upon a top of an ogre who walked into their ship. I that think... would make the most sense. Yeah, thank you. Okay. But it fits him like a hat. Fits him like a hat. <laughs> it's a it's a bi- it's a big ship. And the ogre's head's it's not that big. Literally like cupped around the giant. round of his head. I feel like. And like when they get to the <laughs> oh my bottom God, of God, how are you guys not well, on when this? They get to the bottom <laughs> of the boat. Like the boat's totally intact. Like and it's like the the boat is perfectly formed around this head, so we can stab it's him. It's not perfectly in the head. intact because all they had to do is move away the few boards and the top of his head was right there that's not how a boat works you move away those few boards you still got more boat under there that's supposed to be there oh so that was like the second that wasn't like the deck that was no because the boat the bottom it? of it curves, that starboard curves to a, to is that starboard curves to a Which point one is at the that? bottom i don't know Do you know man. how boats are made no man i don't know what boats are made. i've lived in a fucking okay, desert well, all my life <laughs> a boat's deck oh, pirate ships don't have flat bottoms no i understand that yeah but visu- so you're saying that there was another compartment below there was another that other chunk deck. below it, and his head smashed through it. Okay, I thought they went below up. deck, 
And then they were like, oh, I guess we're a hat. Yeah. Oh. All right. So it well, smashed through the layer below where they stabbed him in the head with the with the billow. He's yeah. saying they smashed through the bilge. Smashed through the bilge. Yes. Okay. Wait, you know boat terms? You're not helping in any way right yes, now. Yes, I know <laughs> boat terms. You just, you just now decided to jump in with fucking nautical fucking bilge. terminology. Because it looks like a hat. Uh, <laughs> the only guy that's ever well, been on a boat. I think that's the joke. <laughs> the boat became the hat, and he didn't even notice. All right, we're fighting. We're, we're, yeah, I wanted. Uh, you know, I we need one thing discussion. to argue about in yeah. this episode. This but is this it. Starting to be too much. I, uh, I, I, I actually really like the visual of the scene. Yeah, I, and I thought that was just fucking cool to watch. They really did make him look like a giant. Hell yeah, yeah. It was shot. Super cool, and I love the idea with the bellow putting the sleeping bush in his brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually cringed a little bit, even though you don't see anything. I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, stabbing that on top of your head. So what do you guys think the message of this film is? Well, we should talk about the ending before we ask that question, because we don't get to yeah. the ending. And yeah. the ending, this movie yeah, gets... the ending the completely ending gets, changes everything. Well, okay, so the movie they, gets dark as fuck. Am I the only one that felt that way? <laughs> uh, they ba- Basically, what happens is, like I said before, the Supreme Being comes down and he puts the zap on uh, the evil and basically turns him into a rock and then has them all clean it up. It falls over and he says, don't let any of the... You know, we got to get all that over because even just a little bit of it will infect you. Yeah. Yeah. Basically fuck shit up. And uh, and then you know gives this speech about creating this evil and why and and whatnot also, and uh, then uh, they leave Kevin just out in the fucking yeah they, pretty much yeah just the leave supreme being's a bit of an asshole he just kind of leaves Kevin there he's just like oh I think eh, whatever I think that was done intentionally on purpose to show the supreme being as being a little bit of an asshole sure but it's yeah. just funny to to it's it's it, it was a funny. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of a word to use, but it, it was just funny for me to see that this whole film, you hear about the supreme being that created everything, and he turns out to be a dick. <laughs> it's just fucking hilarious. It's like, well, he'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, anyhow, they, they just leave him there. And they leave Kevin there, and then he- There's w- a piece of rock still stuck that, that yeah. they didn't clean up. And, and, he, and he basically, he gets smoky, and he wakes up in a fucking fire in his, his house. His house is on fire when he wakes yeah. up. I have a theory. Please. Well, let's get through this. We, I, the ending. Uh, and okay. so uh, he's rescued by some firemen. They bring him out, and his par- uh, the, the firemen come out and say, this is what caused the fire. It was like well, a microwave. We should also point out his parents probably didn't even realize he was still in the house on fire because all they were concerned about was the microwave, the toaster, all their gadgets yeah. and shit. Yeah. Right. And the fireman comes out with the to- like the toaster or the, the microwave and is like, here's what caused it. And then the parents touch it, even though... It's a piece of the evil stone. Yeah. And the You're par- missing all sorts of little bits. And the parents touch it <laughs> and fucking evaporate, except for the shoes. Yeah, and then the firefighters just take off, and then we're just left with this now Sad orphan shit. child. What fucking shit? Is this orphan kid standing there? Neighbors are just murmuring, and he's just staring at the smoldering rubble of a home, and then that's the end. I'm like... like I- what a dark fucking way to end. So it, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a, such a dark way to end, and you know, as much as the parents are complete assholes, they don't deserve to die. And then the kid, you could you get the impression that Kevin actually gives a shit. Mm-hmm. You know, like he doesn't want his parents to die. Yeah, and he's stuck there with essentially what is left of his parents' corpse. Yeah, because I imagine they got vaporized or something. That's the thing about this film that it's just so weird, and it's such a different. Feel from the rest of the film, yeah, but like I, even I, when uh, 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 Fidget dies, yeah, like that's a deep thing. Oh man, they killed, him. but they can't. He bring him right back, yeah, yeah. And it's like, okay, it's a kids movie, it's right? Like no one dies. Well, it's a kids movie, you know what's, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it's you know what's like, weird? If you think about that, they do that. They actually kind of do that to you twice. They do it also with uh, uh, um, Wally and him, the cage crashing. And you think, oh man, uh, he probably didn't make it, and they're like, pull up the rope. I thought he made it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got the impression he was probably well, gonna make it. I, that was more of a cliffhanger than seeing Fidget like literally crushed, crushed. by yeah. a stone, and yeah. you're like, he ain't coming back from that one. I yeah, a, and okay, go ahead. No, you go ahead. You have a theory. I do. I do have a theory, and I have a. Th- I, I, it could be completely wrong, but I think maybe he was having a near death experience. That's kind of how I took it. If the f- house is filling up with smoke, and he's like. He's dying, and like inside of his mind, like you know, it's it's creating all of the these this imaginary world or whatever. I kind of thought was he having like a like a crazy near death experience? Yeah, or, but that doesn't explain away his parents died, just died? vanishing. Like he really died. 
Where he was he was dying until like the firefighters broke in and saved his yeah, ass. Yeah, but then why would he have a then why would his parents die yeah, by touching but, a rock? But you also you guys can't forget that Sean Connery reappears as one of the firefighters. Yeah, but that well, yeah, but fun, that would kind of follow but, more of Chris's idea. Yeah, like that's this more is a like weird hallucination. Sub, because yeah. because yeah. there's different things in the world that are from his bedroom. I mean, clearly maybe clearly in the in evil's lair, there's there's like, clearly a Lego piece. Maybe his parents actually died in the fire. Well, dude, what if his parents walk down the stairs and they take him by the hand and they walk back up into the light and go to heaven. <laughs> yeah, it's a real Jacob's Ladder sort of, sort of situation here. I mean, yeah, I think, I mean, I guess it's I, po- I kind of took it as, I uh, my theory on it, to, I, I don't think he was having near death. I, I, I really took it as this was simply and clearly a dream or an escape of his reality mm. what do you what do you the thing that throws it off and and throws that theory for a loop is the fact that when he's awake the stone of evil still exists in the world that the he's pictures in now exist. but that kind of also goes hand in hand with what the uh, supreme being is saying don't leave any of this behind because it will sp- like spread and i think because they left a piece behind now like su- like also an evil kind of exists now in this world mm. Which also explains why his Thanks, parents. Thanks, Kevin. Are dead. No. <laughs> so that's why his house caught on fire, maybe because the evil was in. Uh, was no, the house caught, caught on fire because that's just kind of a commentary on technology, <laughs> and the technology in the house and the obsessiveness the parents had with that sort of thing is what. And the separation that family is going to be caused by technology. Mm, think yeah, about it. Think something about like it. that, I'm sure. But no, I just think it's like think about it, it just like it's it leaves you on such a bum note because. He's all alone. In 81, you're probably like, yeah, now that kid's free to do whatever. Now as an adult, you're just kind of like, the kid's like, a fucking orphan now. Like this weird and the fi- Oliver Twist scenario. The firefighter's just like, all right, deuces. Yeah, that, like, fire's, that fire's why, fought. That's why part of me it's doesn't like believe it actually. like a good wink like on the way out. <laughs> I feel like You'll it, be okay, kid. <laughs> I feel like it's still, uh, I, I, even at that point, it's, it, it's still somewhat of a fantasy. Like I don't feel like it actually... I don't. It didn't is, feel like it though. N- is it some? I don't know. I don't feel like he's See, back in the, the real thing, world. Man, like we've seen the ending where it's like, but it was all a dream, and then like, somebody reaches into something and then finds a memento that he couldn't have possibly pulled right from the reality. I.e., also a film called Memento. Yeah. No, not really. Yeah. Um, yeah. but. Like, like the photos, like yeah. the photos yeah, could. But this takes it a step further from the traditional. Like, but I still have the key. Like it's his parents get fucking vaporized. Yeah. Like, and everyone <laughs> leaves, and then it pans out to a planet that turns into the fucking map. Yeah. Like uh. it, it. It doesn't leave. It. There's not much to be desired in terms of a mystery. I feel like all that shit actually happened. It's very much a uh, Men in Black scenario at the end there, where they just pull out. Yeah, but Men in in Black (laughs) was a real fucking like that was taking place in reality, their reality. Yes. Like I'm saying that I yeah I don't know if he was just because I I agree with you. The Legos in the Evil's Castle really started throwing me for a loop, where I was kind of like. Uh, okay, they're saying that this These is... These are things, because there, there's a... This is a there, fantasy there's world. A shot, there's a shot of when the robot toy starts moving, and you see all these different kind of set pieces and these weird things mm-hmm. on his floor of toys he's been playing with, and these kind of reappear and bring themselves back into his, right. his imagination that he's having, and same with all the pictures drawn on the wall and stuff. Right, These characters all exist. In the original, like, cliche ending... It's like, oh, he wakes up. It was all a dream. And then they pull out a key, and it's like, or was it? Yeah. And then the movie ends. Right. This film goes, or was it? What? No, it wasn't. That shit was real. Your parents are dead. Yes. That's <laughs> how this film left me feeling. Right. And then you're like, oh, shit. I guess this is all what real, if- and that's fucked up. <laughs> and not even the firefighters what care. If, what, if all that stu- cares. what if all that stuff happened in his head, and he is standing there alone because he murdered his family by setting the house on fire? They, we wouldn't be standing there alone if he murdered his whole family. Yeah. No, he, that's why he's standing there alone, is because he murdered his family. Oh, yeah. The, the, oh, the, the, the lead the house- firefighter detective has it around. I've checked. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. We're now. too busy. I let that one burn. He stuck metal into the the fucking. No, I I, I agree. I, 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 I don't know. I agree with Mike on this one. It's just set the house ablaze. It's just so it's a it's like a weird. Yeah. It's a, it takes the cliche and then makes it real, which makes it real sad. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. 
don't it know. was just a weird turn, like a turn of events for this film because it had such a innocent vibe to it up until the last fucking like five minutes <laughs> when it was like, this is dark. And especially just the kid waking up to his house on fire is like dark as fuck, I think, too. It's just like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it yeah. was yanked out of his fantasy world that he was loving to the fact that real life danger is happening right now and he could die. Yeah, because he was sleepwalking and he set his house on fire and killed his parents. So? No. Yeah, I no. do think so. You and nobody else. He put evil in the microwave yeah, and dude. killed them all. Yes, he did. He yeah. put a fucking metal fork in there. It sparked up, caused a fire. Next thing you know, mom and dad are dead. He's standing on the sidewalk alone. He's not even sad about it. He's just like, kind of like, well, where am I going to live? No, he clearly <laughs> looks sad that his parents are dead. Yeah, and that's the other thing, too. Like, they could have kept it even in the more of a childhood, like, like, is Matilda like that? Where you're kind of like, yeah, but this isn't real. Like, or, like, the parents are so evil, you kind of don't care that bad things happen to us. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and I this thought... one, he gives a look like, mom, dad, don't touch it. And you're like... Oh yeah, he's about to watch his family be vaporized. <laughs> well, and that's the thing; like <laughs> they immediately touch it, like yeah. even right though, after even, he says even, even though the supreme being is a bit of an asshole, he definitely lays out why evil exists in it. And to me, like that speech he gives actually kind of makes me feel like semi like okay with the fact that his parents suck because it's like I felt like that was the message he was kind of sending to Kevin was like. Look, like just shitty things just need to happen. Like, you know, like what the, you, yeah, you can't have good and yeah, with the bad or yeah, vice yeah, versa. Yeah. Like, it's just the way it is. And I felt like he, Kevin took away with from that was like, you know, okay, then, you know, maybe, maybe my, maybe I'm, I'm not very happy with my parents, but fuck it, whatever, you know, things happen. And, and then he comes out of it. <laughs> he learned that lesson. <laughs> fuck, fuck you. They fucking <laughs> die. <laughs> So weird. <laughs> Let's take a break and we come back. We'll talk a little bit more about Time Bandits. Yes, sir. Yes. I'd like to explain everything. We didn't mean to steal the map. We didn't mean to run away. What do you mean you didn't mean to steal the map? It, it just sort well, of. Of course you didn't mean to steal it. I gave it to you, you silly man. And that. Do you really think I didn't know? Sir? I have to have some way of testing my handiwork. I think it turns out rather well. Don't you? Uh, let's get into some of the technical real quick before we jump to our reviews. Uh, I, I mean, we've already talked about the sets a little bit and the set design. Fucking amazing. Uh, I think some of the character design, too, as far as like the Minotaur and Giant and the, the Ogre. Uh, all uh, of it. All of it. Special effects Visually in general great. are fantastic in this yeah. movie. It's just, yeah, they're well done, and for $5 million, they they, they couldn't have been, like, we, however he did it. He probably had in, favors. He probably had favors. You think? Yeah, probably. I, I don't think can't... he's, like, really good at, like, maybe tricking the camera. Yeah, well, I think, I, think I, so. I think he's an amazing editor if he's the one that edited this, because I thought that was done well, especially for a comedy. Like, you got to be good to, like, edit to, like, kind of make those jokes. Mm-hmm. You know, feel snappier and, and and land a little better. And I had no complaints in this movie at all with with like any of the editing. And he definitely has like a visual style, and it tells a visual story too. This yeah. guy knows exactly what he wants when he's going in to make a movie. I feel like every frame is probably like pre-planned, like because because it is so visual. Like I'm still so impressed with like the grand scale of the sets in this, like. Whether they shot miniatures and it just looked that convincing to me, like, you know, bravo to them. But they sure made a, I don't there know. There was one miniature that I just think you remember that was, that was used, and that was the uh, the evil place, the pan up the castle. Yeah. That was definitely a well, miniature shot. And where the giant's walking. Well. That's obvious. Oh, yeah. We're, we're, yeah, for sure. Um, but, like, that was cool. They shot that. It was the same thing from, like, last week's episode where they shot a plate against the, lo- the house with the little dude, like, right. fighting with his wife. And then the oh <laughs> right yeah giant just steps on the house with them both in it. I love the anticipation of that too because I kept thinking I, I he's like, gonna, he like, gonna look. do it. Like I kept thinking the guy of the house is gonna look and see and like scream and it's gonna be a commotion. But he's just so irritated with his. Wife. Sounds like a husband <laughs> and wife arguing. What like, kind of creature were those? They like they weren't humans, right? I think they were. That was a giant. I couldn't tell. No, I couldn't. No, t- I thought they had like bird heads or something like I that. I couldn't tell you because my copy was so blurry. <laughs> oh, in the house? Yes, in the house. I couldn't see it clearly. I don't enough. think they were humans. I, it, it looked weird. Yeah, I, I couldn't. I like couldn't they were tell. Mice or something. I don't know. Not Anyways, mice, but... 
Acting was fantastic. I would say that I, I really enjoyed. It. I thought every, Kevin wasn't annoying. He was a good actor. It's rare with a kid actor. Uh, it is, man. <laughs> is it? It is. It's rare to find the. It's why those kid actors that are annoying go on to be so successful. What else has this kid done? Tons of he did Kevin and uh, he did Kevin in Time Bandits. Yeah, he did Kevin Time Bandits. He did he he portrayed Kevon in <laughs> Time Bandos, <laughs> Time Banditos. <laughs> Time Banditos. He's, uh, he's just naming this movie over and over again in their different foreign releases. <laughs> <laughs> La Crusade <Pixar>. de Mont. <laughs> <laughs> he played Kevon. <laughs> Kevon. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say we rate this Bammer Jammer? Yeah, sure. Uh, I definitely think we need to rate it boat hats. I think that's just appropriate. Boat hats. Boat hats. Yeah, it sounds that good. Was, since I'm that was, get, you know, I'm gonna get you a boat hat. Since that was the argument uh, with the big well, argument, over we're the not film. Di- we're not we're not disagreeing that it looked like a hat. None of us were disagreeing that it was how it got on the head was the disagreement. Mm, that's the disagreement. Yeah. Yeah. It was it a hat the, that was always there? And it's a mystery. Or did it become it's a hat? Just, it a, a it's giant just like this movie. Yeah. Everything in this movie. The kid was it a was it a was it a dream or was it real? I was don't it, know. Was it a dream or was it a hat? Was it a hat? Yeah. <laughs> is it a boat hat the whole time? <laughs> this whole film's just one giant boat. Hat. Let's start with Mike. Uh, I'm gonna give this a three and a half. Like, th- there's so much that's great about it. Like the visuals are wonderful, and um, like the sto- the humor is great. Like all this stuff, it, it's amazing that this was made in 1981. I I don't know, five million dollars is a lot of money in 1981. I don't know how he like to me. It just it feels like a film that dates like 1988 for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it feels real big budget. I don't know why it feels real big budget to me, but it's not crazy. Anyways, um, the part that I don't like about it is I just feel like when they're bouncing around through time and stuff like that, kind of feel like the film doesn't really go anywhere. Like, I felt like the middle was real long. And then they get to Evil's Castle, the Dark World, and then it kind of picks up again. But I feel like from the Napoleon stuff, it, that all three of those trips felt like skits. Like, they didn't feel like there was any, like, developing really going on. I don't know. I just kind of felt like it was weird. It kind of just threw the film off for me a little bit. That's the only thing I'm really knocking this movie for, you know? Um, that and maybe the cryptic ending. A little too cryptic for me. And it's and it's like non crypticness. Does that make any sense? Mm-hmm. I guess. Like it can't be real that these those parents died. <laughs> but it is. I just don't want them to be dead, Kyle. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Anyways. Three and a half. Three and a half for Mike. Kyle. Um, I'm probably gonna come in on a four on this one. Um I I enjoyed this film. I'm glad I finally got to see it. I thought it was I I, I thought it was definitely a fun movie. I had fun watching it. I laughed quite a bit. The humor is on point. The production's on point. The characters are are, are really likable. Um, you know, the thing that, that Mike brought up with the, the middle part being a little bit slow, I can see that with the Napoleon part because Napoleon part's kind of interesting because it's it's sandwiched between two visually fun moments in, in that segment, right? We have the, the visual of them kind of riding the boat into the burning castle. Then we have this whole middle part where it's Napoleon and the bits about Napoleon are, are boring and then Napoleon telling stories, getting drunk, and that's fucking boring. And even them, like, slowly stealing the objects, I feel like was supposed to be kind of a funnier scene, but it just it just landed flat on me. But then we do have the funny payoff, which is them, like, you know, commanding the... Because since he made them generals, or all the soldiers are commanded to face the other way and they, like, you know, hightail it out there, which I thought was funny. Um, but that part felt just slow and just kind of like, you could take that out and I wouldn't give a shit if I didn't see that scene. The Robin Hood scene was great because it was a new take on a character that we all know, and it's Robin Hood kind of a doofus and an ass. Um, and then the middle part in Greece is really character building for Kevin, so I liked that as well. So, uh, yeah, I'm mean, coming at a four. I'm glad I finally got to see this movie. I finally got to see the movie of the poster art that I always stared at, so it's cool. Chris! This is a movie I never would have picked. I never would, probably would have seen this if it wasn't for the show. Um, I've seen other Terry, Terry Gilliam films, but I, I guess I, I'm not like a huge fan. I totally appreciate him as a director and a writer, but you know I don't like follow his career like super close. But I'm glad I got to see this one because it kind of 
it kind of opened my eyes to like uh, his creativity and like what he was even doing in 81. Like Mike said, this doesn't feel like a movie that was done in 81. Like uh, it feels very epic. It feels very big, very, very dreamlike, um, you know, like the costuming, the set design, everything is like very well thought out and intricate and well shot to, to put you in this, in this fantasy world. Um, and I really did enjoy it. I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. Um, I agree. It does kind of drag in the middle a little bit, mostly in the Napoleon scene. Everything else I enjoyed, the Robin Hood scene, the Grease scene, even Sean Connery. I'm not a huge fan of Sean Connery, but I thought he was good in this movie as the father type figure. Um, the Supreme being thing at the end and, and the, and the uh, mysterious, you know, what happened to the parents? Did they die or not? Yeah, it does leave you on like a down note. You're kind of like, what the hell? Like, did they just not know how to like end this movie? Yeah. Or they really wanted to be like that open ended? I don't know. But um, three point five for me, it's pretty good. I think pe- uh, people should definitely watch this film. Um, it's not a film I'm going to revisit a lot, but I do appreciate a lot of what they're doing here. Cody. I'm right there with Kyle. I'm at a four. I actually really enjoyed this film. I think it's a lot of fun. The ending is weird, and I don't know if I got the same sad feeling as you guys. Not that I didn't feel. I just felt indifferent, I guess, is what I, I I wasn't sad or anything like that. I was just more like, okay, what the hell does this kid do next? Is this real or not? Um, I don't know. Uh, but the rest of the film, man, I have a, is just like a fun fucking adventure, and I have a good time, and it's like funny as hell. Um, I and I, I like the creativity of this film. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I this is one that I probably will revisit. You know that because I do own it I, time and again. I want my son to watch it. Like I was trying to convince him last night to watch it, but we went with Karate Kid's uh, Knuckle Up. So good choice. Yeah, I had a good <laughs> with that one. It's a real classic. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I I will watch this film again. I, I recommend this film. Uh, four for me. Awesome. I did want to add one thing. I, I okay. mentioned it off the air. Like I said in the beginning, I didn't like the artwork for this film. Um, but now that I've seen the movie and I look back at the artwork, I like it more. Yeah. Because It makes sense to me now. <laughs> no, that was good insight. I'm glad yeah. we went back to that. Yeah. I want to correct <laughs> my statement. It's not bad artwork. It was just I needed to see the movie. Well, that is kind of bad artwork, though, if you because the artwork should draw you in without seeing the movie. The artwork always drew me. I don't know. Like I was always interested, like know, who's it, that face under I the kinda, water? Why is this like? Why is this pirate ship like phasing in and out of reality, looking type thing? I don't know. I don't know why. Hmm. Kind of had this still half done sketch, but some of it was painted kind of look. Uh, I thought it was cool. Seemed like a Whatever. Christopher Columbus movie or something. Christopher Columbus, <laughs> movie. Columbus Same movie. Time Bandits. <laughs> yeah. I seriously thought I was, I, I was getting a sci-fi right in there for yeah. I thought I was Almost getting a sci-fi action and... adventure film with this one <laughs> I since I was, I was a kid. Like TV documentary. Let me guys ask you one final question: Is this a cult film, Kyle? Mm, I don't know, man. That's a. I don't know. I don't. I don't see why it couldn't be, but I also, I mean, I think the film has a, a good following, but I don't know if his, if Terry Gillen's other films have maybe a stronger cult following than this one, but I, I, it's hard for me to honestly say. What do you guys think? I don't, I don't know. Chris? I think feel like I've heard a lot of people bring this movie up over time, like uh, how See, this I movie really inspired them, or they liked it, or it's nostalgic for them. I don't think like going back to like the whole is there a lot of people that are really into this? Um, you know, it's not Rabbit or anything, but Terry Gilliam I think is one of those directors that sort of div- has a cult following just because of his creativity in filmmaking. Mike, yeah, I don't. I don't know that it is. I don't know why I'm, I'm going to say this, but I don't really think it is because I, the ones that I hear commonly referred to as a cult film are Brazil and Jabberwocky. Yes, Those are the I, two hear, that I hear Brazil a lot. Right. Yeah. So, but like this film, like if, you, if you've watched a lot of Terry Gillum films, like this one feels the most like The Adventures of Baron Munchausen. And I don't ever hear anybody say that film is yeah. like a cult film. Like, really even bring it up at all, you know? And I'm not, I don't know that I would say that all of Terry Gillum's films classify, like, he's not, like, a cult film director. Well, 
I just don't think this falls in the I thing. don't know if I'd I don't know if I'd agree about this I don't think that. that 12 Monkeys is a cult film. Oh, I think I don't it think is. The Fisher King is a cult film. I don't think, the I don't think every movie he's made has that status, but I think that it, it But he's not like Lynch where it's just like okay, every movie this guy puts out is probably like But I, has he's a, cult a more following. offbeat filmmaker than oh, than most. Oh, there's no doubt about people. it. I just feel like if if plus he's attached to memorable films, I mean, my yeah. Python on the Holy Grail. That is that that it, if any is film, that's a cult film because yeah. I mean that's definitely have has stretched it and I had a really said, good. Yeah, life. I should have added that also in the three, but yeah. Um, I don't know. I just don't feel like I feel like this is one of the films that people don't really mention nearly as much in his career. Yeah, I don't really as any of the other ones, film. and I just think this is not like the top of his game. Film, yeah, you know, I I don't know either, man. I, I'll be honest with you. I think it's fifty fifty on this way one. It can go either way. I uh, you know, I mean, I I have known fans of this film throughout my whole my my not my whole life, but my, more of my adult life. People that grew up with this film that absolutely love it and will talk about it all the time. And then yeah, there's there's other times I've never people have never seen it like me or you know anything like that. So are all these people like in their like late thirties? They're probably a little bit older, yeah. Yeah, see, because I think yeah. that that's what the thing. I think this film was a kids' film, like it, or at least a film that kids could watch. Yeah, because I watched it when I was a kid. I didn't really have much care to, but I now now seeing Brazil, I'm like, that's a film that if I watched it as a kid, I definitely wouldn't have been into that film. Yeah, like as an adult, I think it's great. As a kid, I'm like, yeah, I'd have found that fucking film boring. Yeah, yeah, you know. So, but this film. I think maybe the nostalgia that you're talking about really comes from kids that, like parents put this film in front of them and said, "Yeah, this is about a, like kids' film." Yeah, yeah, it's pretty fun, you know. So I think that's maybe where I don't know that, that that's just a curious, it's interesting thing. question. Oh, if any of our fans want to weigh in, please do so on social media. All right, guys, that's our show for this week. Do us a favor, head over to social media, follow us on Instagram at Cold Film underscore Review, also on Twitter, and. Uh, YouTube also thank you everyone for the nice kind comments that we've been getting lately we appreciate that uh, and then do us a favor leave us a review on iTunes though and we'll give you a shout out at the end of the show uh, head over to redbubble.com CFIR in the search bar or Colt Film Shop pick yourself up a shirt and remember you can follow Kyle at <laughs> <laughs> nice save you Look can follow me on Instagram at Colt Film underscore Kyle and you can follow Chris at <laughs> Go film underscore Chris on Instagram. It worked on me, by the way. <laughs> you can follow my guy at Mike Salustio on Twitter. And you can follow me at VHS Collect on Instagram and Snapchat. That's our show for this week. Remember, if you're going to join a cult, make sure they watch good movies. We'll see you next time. So, it's a film podcast. Uh, first time watching moving pictures. <laughs> 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 pretty cool. Yeah. A yeah. lot like photographs, except like way more. <laughs> <laughs>